on a lighter note, <laughs> we didn't talk about this in the in the first episode, but let me ask you now. We got some high tech stuff here. I mean, come on, data stored on little tiny keychain sticks—that is next level stuff right there. That was hidden in a caliber, right? That was hidden in like a a, a bullet, right? That's right. That's right. We've got some satellite imagery. Can you believe that? They're able to take images of the Earth, you know, from from outer space. And I, actually, this was kind of cool—the ninety degree camera. Where it looks like that you're was, taking a picture cool. one way, but the mirror is taken the other way. There's some kind of cool tech here, but then other parts of the tech were severely outdated. Also, like the uh, description of the gliders, like that they fly into the monastery, as well as like it's not like high to super high tech, but the gliders that they use to go across the the Swiss Italian border. We always get our guns. You know the description of. I, I love that the one dude puts his. Um. The guy from Aramco puts his shotgun in a in a in a like a, a what was it prayer rug like that's how he he walks around with his shotgun yeah. crazy so yeah so where does this leave us in terms of the story we basically wrapped up with the caves in southern France and now they've got to get across from Milan into Switzerland because they realize. Is that where that's where the Aga Khan is, right? And he has well, that's, the chateau. They're, they're trying to. They're trying. They realize that Rayburn is a bigger player. And oh, we didn't even talk Rayburn. He is this old ally or old friend of Scott from training from his early years in the Secret Service. He got. He was a bad apple, always taking money or you know whatever. Wasn't he involved in like someone another head of state getting like assassinated? There was an assassination. Story. And Scott yeah. was brought in with the Secret Service to do an to investigation. Do investigation. Yeah, and yeah. it's not only that he found out there was a leak. So someone who was in charge of the security had leaked something. But it was that Scott was the only one with this intuition that Rayburn, while he was not the leak, it was pinned on another lower level guy who, who leaked the documents that led to the assassination. Scott had this feeling that Rayburn pawned it off on this guy. That this guy might right. have not been as guilty as we think. And that was actually Rayburn who used this guy as a pawn and basically brushed it off on him. And Rayburn was going to walk Scott free. And Scott was the one who uncovered further evidence implicating Rayburn, kicked it up the chain, already didn't like Rayburn because he was he was doing some shady stuff and he was, he was kind of getting into some bad deals. And so Scott was the reason he was pretty much forced out. Even though he couldn't, he couldn't pin the assassination solely on Rayburn because Rayburn really did a good job covering his tracks. So this other guy took the fall, and Scott never liked that about him. Yeah, and we know he's somehow involved with Amir Tokai because uh, Hosan Kalachka showed him that picture early on uh, of the kidnapping. The so kidnapping, everything yeah. is sort of coming together here. We culminate with the fact that the Aka Khan is at this monastery in this town in Switzerland, and it's heavily fortified. Again, um, you know, taking us back to that Lions of Lucerne, you know, type thing. You got to get to the top of this mountain. Right. And boom, Scott formulates a plan and he brings in one of our faves, Claudia Mueller, who oh. is now engaged. Yes. To was it Schroeder? He was one of the uh, the operations guys on the tactical one of the commandos, team. Yeah. Yeah. The leader. Man, how did you feel? Who, takes a, who takes a couple rounds, right? 
He does. He does. And he shows up at just the right time also. Kind of a good guy. You can kind of like him. I, I really like how she's dealt with here. And I really like Scott's reaction when he sees the engagement ring, when he meets the Schroeder guy. They're all very adult about it. You yeah. know, no one's really, you know, holding old grudges or anything. They're realizing our lives changed, our lives moved on. I, man, when Claudia was was name dropped, I, I, I actually had mixed feelings. As much as I loved it, I was like, yes, one of my favorite characters. Love this. Let's go. I was like, oh, but in such a bad book at kind of a bad time where I'm really not driving with the story. Crap. So I love seeing her, but I don't know if I was in the right headspace <laughs> at the time to to get her back. But what did you think? How, how was that dealt with, in your opinion? I was excited, but I was also worried that, like, we had kind of wrapped her up neatly, you know, and I, I was OK with how she was, like, phased out. Um I didn't want like anything to like ruin it. And then I, I think it sort of saved itself with that conversation that Scott had and allowed him to like, just be a normal human being, like to think about that right. sends him down this path of thinking about what he could have had, why he shouldn't have let her go. He even has to like tell himself like, boom, snap out of it, Scott, like get back into the mission. Like you can't be thinking about, you know, your what the wedding you, you should have had with this lady. So I thought those dealt perfectly. And I, Again, she's the best because she's a badass. She's able to culminate this whole team to come together. She marries a nice guy or is going to marry this nice guy who, you know, has to do that macho, a little bit of macho thing. You know, oh, this is the Scott Harvath that you talk of, you know, because Scott's what, 5'10". He's a little shorter. This guy was like, he was super tall and like 250 pounds of pure muscle i thought that was kind of funny you know yeah. scott like looking up at this dude but yeah no I, I thought it was dealt with good and you know didn't didn't ruin it for me so yeah that was good stuff what do you think of the storming of the monastery it was pretty cool uh, again i was thinking lions of lucerne i i liked how he and claudia scaled the mountain in the winter they got to this church at the top and it, it was almost reminiscent. I was reminiscing of that, but it was falling right. short of it. So it was like, if I yeah. want to reminisce of it, I really want the story to rise to that level or supersede it. Or supersede it. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't like that it recalled something that I loved and then maybe ended up just a little flatter. But is this when they – how do they actually get Rayburn? I'm trying to remember. So they get Rayburn by like – sending Claudia in right to entice him with some of the artifacts that she took. And yes. she's supposed to be the daughter of one of the, the Sherpa, not, not, not the, the guy who owned the inn, but who helped him do the climbing. Yes. Uh, and she wants the money. And of course, Rayburn, Rayburn's always only out for the money. So he obviously is going to take this meeting. They kidnap him. And that's where they strap, you know, explosives to his nether regions to get him to cooperate properly because they have this plan right again dumping this historical fiction they know that you know the storming of Mussolini to get to get to him and the only reason that that was able to succeed is because they had an inside man so they need that inside man and Rayburn is going to be that guy yeah that might have been the best part of the book because it wasn't just one joke of like hey it's like a cheap hotel no ballroom when he's saying the the explosive underwear, the detonation device is too tight, but he kept up. It wasn't just one joke about having. Uh, it, was, it was a couple ball jokes that were that were pretty funny. 
there were five or six. Like it just kept going. And again, that's a Thorism. Thor uh, Harveth is so funny, and those little quips back and forth. I was just delighting in every single time it came up. It was like, no, not another one. And they were all clever. So, yeah, the ball jokes here. It's crazy to say it, that underwear bomb detonation strapped to your nuts is my favorite part of this book. But, uh, yeah, that's my favorite part of this book. <laughs> that's your winner. Okay. All right. So we, we finally meet the Aga Khan, right, who we think is the scorpion. But it turns out, again, we have a heel turn. And then immediately after that, we have another heel turn. Wait, he's not orchestrating this whole thing. He's actually, well, in the beginning, he was interested in it, but not for what eventually is going, the plan that it got put into action. And then we find out, boom, Hosan Kalachka is actually the one who wants to restore the Ottoman Empire and has been orchestrating this entire thing. You know, we already sort of talked about this. You know, it, it, it kind of fell flat for me. It didn't, it was supposed to be this big thing. And it, again, you know, I felt like if he was more involved in the story a little bit better, it would have resonated more as this ally turned, you know, ultimate big bad. Right. Some of the scenes, you know, getting into the castle, the, their glider, like going and, and, and exploding and doing this role. I, I was imagining like that whole scene in, in, in my head, like how they get through that. Um, once Scott, like, actually gets or like gets out of the situation with Hosan and then like the whole thing starts to go up in flames just the description of his interaction fighting uh, Rayburn and how he gets Rayburn like that was pretty cool and like yeah. the heat and everything you know I was like especially the way that George was was narrating it it was like it's super fast and super quick he knows how to like pick up a speed in order to like propel you through the story right. um so I really like that yeah and then boom we we head off to Saudi Arabia where we where we culminate this novel yeah, the the action was really cool, and you are right. When that glider is kind of tumbling over itself and is about to go off the edge of the cliff, but there's like an upwind, and so the wing that goes over the cliff catches this updraft, which right. blows it back so it stays on top of the mountain instead of rolling down, and then the fire the impossible log. shit right there. Yeah, and then the log falls out of the fireplace. This whole castle goes up. Yeah, really awesome action writing here. Again, that that I think is a Brad Thor specialty. He can really bring the action and get you into it. So I was kind of glad here. At the end, it's really ramping up to a final piece. I'll just say again, it was weird. Ozan's resurrecting the Ottoman Empire. But at the same time, the Aga Khan is explaining, and we're getting another history lesson on the Wahhabis and the Saudi royal family. I'm like, the two don't really have all that much to do with one another. And so I was like, am I supposed to get a lesson, history lesson on the Carthaginians and Hannibal? Was I supposed to get a lesson on the beginning of Islamic history and the Sunni Shia split? Now I'm getting a lesson on the Wahhabi revolts in Saudi Arabia and the growth of their extremism. We've already gone through the Ottoman Empire resurrecting that. They randomly threw in a story about Mussolini because, well, it sounded like it would really inform this plot here. I'm just like, I love the historical nuggets, but even a very well-informed reader, is just you and I with with history and various political things, we're going to get lost with this. Like, I don't know how you walk away from this book being like, oh, I'm more informed about the Wahhabi revolts in Saudi Arabia and Wahhabi extremism and how it's linked to Al-Qaeda or how I'm informed about Hannibal and Carthage. 
it's getting way too jumbled for me. It's too complex, doing too much. I've said that already, so let's move on. Final action scene, pretty cool. Eventually, Scott realizes the royal family is basically the target because while it's supposed to be these revolutionaries and they're meant to look like the ones causing the problem, well, what's going to happen all of a sudden when the royal family is forced to... Is it that they're forced to shoot the protesters or someone kills them? What was the deal there with the, uh So, like, again, Hosan is, like, stirring up trouble because they're, again, another pillar in this whole thing is to have the fall of Saudi Arabia, which would then allow them to come in and and take over and have all this money. And they know that if they tell that the Saudi royal family is rounding up extremists then that causes all these protests this causes then a summit to happen between the wahhabis and the royal family and like the royal family is not going to do anything but what they have is an inside man dressed up as a saudi royal guard or or on the team or who gets i know i guess he thinks that but eventually it's like whoever is going to be in charge of their airplane out of the meeting and that's supposed to blow up and Scott has to come in, save the day. You know, there's a couple of different interactions where Scott is, you know, driving around Riyadh. At one point, they find the a warehouse that had a, a bunch of water, and they're getting uh, hints into like, oh, okay, the antidotes in the water, and the actual disease is it's on the, the spice is on the in the spice, which is going to be sprinkled on the cash because they have like this list of all these like payday loan services. It's, they put piece together that all these businesses have one thing in common and it's cash. And I thought that was another like interesting thing. We get a tidbit about how like cash is dirty and how like just a little bit of exposure to it. Our money is very porous. So like cocaine. Yeah. Like one in a, what four out of every five bills has trace amounts of cocaine, which we actually did that experiment in chemistry class and it is true. So that's wild. It's pretty cool. You can test for, you run a TLC gel, um, not gel, but a TLC uh, reaction thin layer chromatography for my scientist heads out there and you can then stain for certain chemicals and in cocaine is, is one of the ones because it has a certain um, group on it anyways i won't go too into the science but huh. uh yeah no, that was a cool little tidbit and again scott would know that because he's in the secret service and do you secret know what service. right do you know the secret service does when they're not protecting the president well no the majority of what they do yeah. in terms of the manpower on their organization is Currency and counterfeit. It's currency and counterfeiting. Yeah. Yep. It's much more than than the protective services they offer to the president. That's it's originally what they were founded for. Was the counterfeit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so all that's kind of cool. I like I was just so I was just so drawn out that by the time the cash thing was explained and oh the bottle of water was the inoculation, because all the Muslims were duped into thinking it was this holy water from Mecca, so they're protected. Could you really get protected? from some big disease by drinking bottled water like that's laced with something well, if you put the antidote in it yeah you can that's that's like potent enough if you just drank some water with it i mean for the story so sure, i didn't I need mean, three covid shots i could have just drank you know some bottled water that had some covid magic in it well we're not talking about uh well that's one of the things that jillian says right is that before vaccines they had these antidotes that were either an anti-venom um, and most of the time it was people that built up these immunities to these and it was like their blood their plasma mm. um, it essentially is a vaccine but like you don't have to have people manufacturing like you know an mRNA 
So let me just ask you, one through ten. I know jack shit about science. Every time there was a science lesson brought up, I was just like, this is kind of ridiculous. So one through ten. One is, this is absolutely hocus pocus, just bullshit that's not based in reality at all. Everything from the currency to the water bottle to the zombie disease to the rabies and the symptoms of it to a 10, which is, I'm a scientist, PhD microbiologist from Cornell, amazing jobs and one of the smartest people I know. This is explained well. One through 10, like, where are you at? Like, how is this book handling the science? The Islamic science stuff, right? There's a strain of Islamic science that wants to use science, but also in a mystical way. One through 10, like, is does this book hold up from a scientist's perspective with all that? It's probably like a three, four. Okay, yeah. That's where I thought it would be. It's mumbo jumbo, but maybe there's traces of something that's plausible in it. Yeah, I mean, he got all like the the idea behind having a multiplexing of of diseases to make this master's disease. I'm sure there is like, was this the Zemiatsvi snake having this deadly snake poison? You got to figure out how you're going to, um, that that's the one thing that they didn't really go into is like how they're mass producing this, you know, both the rabies virus as well as this, this snake venom. So and obviously they engineered like, it. Yeah, like they didn't go into that at all. So maybe if they had that a little bit more of that, then I, it would be a little bit higher buy-in. Yeah, like you said, how are they able to, you know, the stability of the antidote in the water bottle? You know, like they keep these mRNA vaccines like at minus eighty. Well, not the mRNA, but you know, some of them they keep at minus eighty. Some they have to keep it, um, you know, freezer level stuff. Uh, I don't know, but like when you think about anthrax, right? Anthrax is highly stable. It's a spore. Um, it's a it's a it's, it's a, a bug that that is spored, and it, the spores have the actual anthrax poison in it. So like that is something that you can like pout, grind into a powder and then put into a a piece of mail, right? Cash, and, yeah, or the cash thing, right? Like the cocaine and the cash, right? So it's it's sort of combining like elements of how you would do a attack and mm-hmm. you just sort of made it all fit I, I, again and, and i think even like alcott's professor mentions that he studies this ancient dna right and so it's really hard to you know hannibal's what two thousand two thousand years over two thousand yeah. years yeah so do you really think this this unless they got their hands on a zemiats ve like they did the research, they they got like this from the box. What used to be the 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 virus, the, this complex virus, and then they did science on. Oh, I guess that's what the scientists were for, right? They were they were taking this and trying to figure out, and then how to make it modern day. You get so, the sense that was a long term project, right? The scientists, like multiple oh, scientists, working on this over multiple years. Yeah, and but it wasn't made clear like were they working on the actual disease, like trying to figure out antidote. how to make it more modern day, or were they working on the antidote? So yeah, like again, with all the plausible deniability, yeah, it's like a four for me. I was curious because a lot of the science mumbo jumbo is going over my head. I'm like, is this bogus or is this some sense of reality here? And I, I get that this is essentially historical science fiction, so it doesn't need to check out and work. You can still just enjoy the story, but it's got to have that sense of realism, which I, I couldn't deduce whether it had it or not, or if it was just completely. Bogus. I was just, 
I was just glad that he didn't try to go into like more nitty gritty in terms of like describing how they what the scientists were actually doing because I've read historical science fiction novels. That's better than this. No, no, that's worse than this because oh, really? they 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 have that plot with the broad strokes. Like so, Brad has all the broad strokes, but then they try to go into the actual nitty gritty. And if you're an actual scientist and you get it wrong, it just it you lose me because you start like saying stuff, right. shit like we're doing we're running PCR on our RNA and you know we we were able to amplify this in you you're know, just throwing this words and out. like yeah it's it's like you read a, you opened up your your chemistry textbook and you know went to macromolecules and picked out words to throw into your novel yeah. like i'm glad he didn't go that route because then it would have pissed me off i i thought you were going to say the opposite that there are some books that can do it well so you're glad this no, one see, didn't try to because it wouldn't have landed it most I haven't really read a book that has tried to go that in depth. Um, Success. I've read a few. I've read a few, and that's what makes it for me takes it to the next level. Mm-hmm. But my 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 guess is that most people don't want to know that next level. They just no, want they the broad don't. strokes. Yeah, you're right. So, like, again, I think the Martian. Like, I think the Martian did it. Yeah, that's one where like he actually gets most science. Correct, right. and it, it, because you know this guy's parents actually were like you know a physicist and you know right. uh, a bio, one was a botanist, so he obviously knows the stuff, and he has at least resources he can connect with to say, all right, does this make sense? Is, is this real? Am, am I you know getting shit right. wrong? Type thing. So, but that's rare to get that stuff. I, right. I just say, Brad, if you ever need a scientific you know consultant, I'm I'm always here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the doctor, the doctor, no limits doctor, the in-house doctor of the podcast. All right, dude, well, to wrap this up, I thought it was kind of cool in the end where Scott lands the chopper in front of the motorcade and they didn't get the radio communication yet. So they don't know that they're trying to be stopped for a good reason. So he just has to unload on the motorcade to make a <laughs> right, point to, stop like, them. to slow them down. Yeah. That was uh, cool, yeah, he just parks that chopper like right in front of him. I, man, I could see that being something on screen, and he's just lighting them up just to get through to them. And finally, they get the communication saying, just stop. He's trying to convince you to not go near the plane because it's rigged. Because if the royal family blew, the Wahhabis and the extremists would have been able, able to take over Saudi Arabia. And basically, the scorpion and his plan would uh, come to fruition. So they got stopped, and... Harveth gets a little bit of a break. What'd you think yeah, about seeing what, Harveth on the beach? I really like the epilogue. Like I, I, I like the fact that he I'm guessing Gary Lawler is the one who's trying to get a hold of him, right? Um, even though he only gave Claudia Mueller the his location and he ends up telling what the bell hop that you know, he's gonna have to wait two weeks. I'm taking some time off. So I, I really like that. You think Gary's gonna show up or somebody's gonna show up? Well, he showed up what at the end of Path of Assassin, right? When with yeah. him and Meg Cassidy to take him away to to his next assignment. So yep. it sort of one ups that here and, and and does the opposite. Yep. You know, mental health. Scott's taking some time for himself on the beach, and yes. Modellos. I think he had a he, he had a bucket of Modellos. I'll take a bucket of Modellos right now. <laughs> I already had some three philosophers earlier, so I'm good. All right, we gotta we gotta wrap this up. So let's get into this scorecard. And part of the scorecard is going to be judging a cover by the book, which I'm happy to say I I, I like a few of these. So 
maybe some good things there to to bring me back on on the positivity train. Let's start with action and plot. Tell me, what do you give blowback? All right. Initially, I gave it a seven for action because there was there were some scenes that I really liked. You know, we 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 hit them all. the The scene in the Alps, the scene in Paris, the even the beginning scenes where we're getting the assassin working. I guess you can 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 say that it's, it's almost like thriller action with the scene in um, Asalam with the the Navy people, or not the Navy people, but I guess the Marines or Army, whatever. Um, don't don't kill me if I'm getting that wrong. Yeah, the scene in in Switzerland, um, the scene in Riyadh. Um, I don't know. This thing it had a decent amount of action, so I went with a seven. All right, all right. I went a little. And I thought lower. there were the better. I thought there were the better parts of the book. So like, I'm trying to elevate sure. that here too. You could go six. I feel like you, you, it's maybe a six, but I'm elevating it to a seven. Uh, yeah, I went to a six. I, I do think the action was was the best parts of the book. That chopper scene we just mentioned at the end. A couple of the other battles in the middle. The fights at the castle. Yeah, a couple cool things going on there with the six. So I'll give that to you. But the plot. I have to go to a three out of ten. It's messy. Wow. It's convoluted. There's a lot going on. Uh, yeah, I just couldn't find myself to connect this one. I, I'd be curious to hear what you guys in listener land and audience land say. Probably the lowest score I'll ever give for plot. Uh, just is messy and all over the place. So three out of ten. Yeah, I went with five. Fifty percent. Because it had me, uh, unlike you, it, it, it I, I enjoyed half of the novel, I guess. So um, given given the plot half again, it was just it was so so messy, too convoluted. Yeah, I don't want to beat it beat it again, yeah. but you know, everything we mentioned earlier, right? And, and of course, of that, like so, that's Bayan's going to suffer. So for this one, right. Bayan's getting the lowest score. I can get a one because I, I don't believe any anything in this. The, the plot's so fantastical that I, I can't buy anything. Yeah. I'm a one out of five just because the plot didn't have me, but also I almost didn't have reason to keep reading this book. I, what was it last night? You texted me about potting today. I was like, oh shit, I forgot. And then I forgot again today. But um, I, I think it was, I haven't done that with a book yet. Usually I want to rip through them. I, I want to talk about them. This one, I, I, I texted you a few times like, I got to power through this. This is just, I, I got to just slog through it. I, I didn't think I'd finish. So, yeah, for everything we said, one out of five. Bad guys, good guys. What'd you think? All right. So the bad guys, I give it two. The elements were there for some of them. Um, the assassin, Amir Tokai, Hosan Kalachka, the, the scorpion, I guess, you know, Carmichael, if you want to throw her in there with as a bad guy but again like i wanted amir tokai to be the the big bad because he he was like kind of cool his backstory was was cool and i i thought his like you know expertise as this assassin was setting him up to be scott's main foil um not amir that's adamari um not amir tokai yeah alamari i'm I'm mixing the 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 two names up sorry but um you, you know who i'm talking about Right, right, right. But again, he gets killed halfway through the book, so I, I can't right. give him any higher than the two. Good guys, on the other hand, I, I gave him four. I liked, you know, the, the cast of characters are good. I I enjoyed Jillian. I love that Claudia was brought back in. We got our man Gary Lawler holding it down in DC. He gets Scott out of his uh, 
um, his predicament. We got the, the president's chief of staff. Uh, we, you know, we get a couple good scenes with, with president Rutledge, you know, even though there was a lot of them, I liked some of the characters that Scott brings in, like the guy from the DIA, DIA, D, D, DIA, DEA, uh, like his uh, marathon running friend who is involved with satellites, even that uh, Aramco guy at the very end. He was, you know, he was a character. So the good guys were going to give it a four. All right. All right. Yeah. A couple of the names you mentioned uh, pushed me a little higher here. I was going to go with ones. Would have been too harsh. <laughs> Bad guys went up to a two because of Carmichael. I I didn't like the Scorpion. I didn't like Alamari. Uh, they weren't doing it for me. So yeah, two out of five. Big part of that couple points there is is Carmichael. Then a three out of five. You mentioned a lot of good names there from Jillian to uh, and bringing back Claudia. Right, I, that's a full point or two here just for bringing back Claudia Mueller. And then of course the DEA guy. And and I do think back to some of the jokes. Between he and Scott, and at one point the Walmart, just, the Walmart greeter, the Walmart greeting. I'm gonna, yeah, and then he's ripping on Scott like a bunch of times about his flat head or something or a misshapen head. He's like, "Did your mom drop you as a baby? Did she use Crisco instead of baby oil?" And he's with the baby in his hands. He's like motioning and gesturing to Scott as a baby slipping out of his mom's hands. Like he just didn't relent. So three out of five, the good guys. All right, okay. How about the setting? We already talked about traveling heavy here. I mean, I, I got to go high on this because uh, sheer volume and some of the ones that we stay in longer, we do get the pretty good description of. I don't know. Scott, uh, Brad's never going to get lower than a four for me on setting unless he like does a complete stinker. So it's a four. Hey, all right. I'm glad you enjoyed the quantity because the quality for me was... Not like a usual Brad, although I will say when we were up in the mountains in the French Alps, the archaeology yeah, really scenes, cool. really kind of cool. I will say that. But I can't point, and, and maybe in England, uh, when in the shopping mall, I could really imagine I was there, and then he pulls Jillian out to go to this pub. I went three out of five. Setting was okay, but I don't think it's up to Brad's standards, and I think the quantity actually hurt it in this case. And I've said that before, that... You pack too much in, it actually takes away from some of the quality. So three out of five. All right. What's your winner? What's your free space, baby? Free space? I'm giving it to the humor. I brought it up a few uh, times. That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. I, 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 it, it's, it's a Thorism. It's a hallmark of Brad Thor and Scott Harvath. It sets him apart, and the humor landed here. Mostly the jokes with Nick Campos, the DEA agent. And then also the jokes about the underwear, the explosive underwear. So that worked for me. How about you? For me, it you know, even though we got too much of historical fiction, I really did enjoy the Hannibal stuff. So even though like I didn't love like the whole virus thing, just like learning about Hannibal and his cross to the Alps and like, you know, that different things, I, I it made me want to go read more. And I did end up going to read more about that, at, you know, as I was reading this, you know, Wikipedia, looking up articles. So for me, it's going to have to be, you know, just the idea of bringing in this Hannibal Cross in the Alps, like that, that story, not, not so much the, the fact that he had this, the virus part of it, but more so the, the, the real historical fiction. You Maybe would like Hannibal did have this virus. Yeah. I should, I need to check out. I mean, I, I love the Dan Brown shit because of that stuff. So yeah, dude, it's Steve Barry's kind of similar uh, to that. Uh, yeah, it, it, in a more streamlined way, like he picks a historical event of the past and that historical event has some sort of 
mystery, connection conspiracy to connection to the modern world. Yeah, it's really cool. Really cool stuff. Yeah, I, I hear you there. I like the paleopathology part of Jillian. Like, right. I would right. have never considered that. And that's a pretty cool discipline to study. I kind of like that eclectic or somewhat esoteric academia that sometimes like imagine being a professor of something that's so narrow in scope that it's just super so fascinating yeah exactly yeah. all right well with my covers being a three out of five that brings me to i think it's an all-time low on the podcast 26 out of 50 that's not oh, we didn't really even talk about the covers yeah i know i figure we get there i just wanted to say my really bad score to get it out of the way <laughs> oh, okay all right all right yeah i also gave the covers a three so that brings my score to a 31 Definitely the lowest of the Brad Thor novels. So yeah. lowest of any of the scorecards. So yeah, sorry, Brad. We love you. Your books are awesome. Just some things work for me, some things don't. Uh, maybe I'm just in a salty mood for other reasons. Maybe because the school year's starting and I'm going back to work soon. But I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I think I'm projecting a lot here today. Yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> you are. All right, let's let's wrap on a good note. Let's let's do our top three covers. And you go first, Mike, while I plug in my computer, dude. Love a couple of these. I mean, using the biohazard symbol on covers B and C with the orange, they're really like deep, bright oranges. Super cool. I don't know why. I love why. the orange. Yeah, love the orange. The Eiffel Tower? So they're in Paris for like a hot second, but yeah. There's not much Paris going on here. So I want to say C was my favorite. Didn't like the Eiffel Tower. So I'm going to knock that down. Uh, to the two spot, and it's going to be kind of bizarre, but I think it's a really cool. The tie cover, D. Oh, that, D is really cool. The the knight's armor with that sword right, in the like, middle. Like Hannibal type thing, you know? Yeah, dude, it's so different. And I think a tie cover has done this before, something totally different that we haven't seen, and it works. I think it was one of the, actually it might have been American Assassin. I think the tie cover had the bench with the blood mm, from yes. Mitch's first kill. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I, yeah, I really like that one. That one's super cool. And then the flag's been done before. The star's been done before. So to make it a little different, I'm going with G, which I looked at and thought was the Russian cover. But no, that is Bulgarian, my friends. The Bulgarian cover has an operator, full kit, with his uh, assault rifle pointed down, another weapon in the holster. Uh, for some reason, D and G are just doing something totally different I haven't seen before, and they work for me. So I'm going first D, second C, third G, and I know that is out. That is out there. Those those picks <laughs> That's crazy. are just wild picks, but I'm going with it. All right, so I totally agree with you. And I'm really feeling the orange. So I love the the one I own, which is B. I'm I'm guess the orange, you know, because we spent a lot of time over in the sand. You know, I, I guess like that's where you're drawing from here. I like the the new reprint, um, which is C, which which you rated pretty high. But again, I don't know why they picked uh, Paris. I guess it's the most recognizable landmark that we go to. I mean, you could have picked London. You could have picked. Yeah. Riyadh, you could have picked... Uh, the Alps? You know, the Alps. Uh, that would have been cool. That cover with the French like some Alps. mountain. Yeah, some mountain in the Alps. I love the Crusader one in D. Um, that one's really cool. 
don't know, for some reason, E is like, I don't know, it is a flag. If if that had the biohazard symbol on it, that would be a little bit better. I don't know what the hell F is doing. It's F a is really weird. dark capital building. I uh, don't know where the hell you're coming out of here with G uh, being one of your top ones. Um, I don't know, dude. Sure. <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. And then we got uh, H where, uh, you know, when does Brad look down the scope of a rifle? Or Scott look down the scope of a rifle? I don't know. All right. So my number one, or my, my third place is going to be D uh, with, with with the Crusader. Or I guess not Crusader, but uh, with the the Hannibal guy, which I'm, I'm calling the Hannibal armor guy. My second one is going to be C, the the newer one with the Paris, and then my number one is going to be uh, B, the right. blowback, just just the classic cover, not the original, but the the I think it's the mass market paperback, so the original right. mass market paperback. Yeah, so. yeah, no, I understand. I was a little bizarre with my choices. I, I went a little out on a ledge, but I wanted to do something different. And D and G, they're, they're doing something different today, so they're mixing it yeah. up for me. All right, well, we have one last thing to do. we got to give up away a, a book. It's our Patreon giveaway. We forgot to give it away in the first episode, Mike. Oh, dude, you're right. Yes, we owe our patrons. I'm not even going to read out the list of books, but I think we still have eight or ten different Brad Thor books signed by the man himself. So any one of those you're going to get to pick will reach out to you as soon as I spin the Wheel of Names. All right, let's see which of our patrons will win a signed Brad Thor book this time. Julie S., the Evil Book Lady on Twitter, one of my favorite there handle names, at Evil Book Lady. Congrats, Julie. There you go. We'll reach out to you to get you uh, your signed copy. And with that, we have to thank our patrons, including our special operator, Sherry F. Or, what's her... Um... What's her alias name on, uh, hold on, let me pull it up, because it's pretty fucking hilarious. On Insta? Um, no, on, uh, Gabrielle? Oh, on our chat. <laughs> on our chat. All of a sudden, this Gabrielle starts chiming. Yeah, Gabrielle Stevens. Gabriella Stevens. <laughs> a special thanks to our special operator, Gabriella Stevens, a.k.a. Sherry. Just a little background. We have a patron group me chat on, on the group me app, and uh, we chat about thrillers, what each other's reading. And for the longest time, Gabriella Stevens was chatting us. I was like, do we say something that this is for patrons only? I don't know who this is. But then when you click on that name, it goes. It says it's Sherry F. Like, it's so funny. On her profile. Yeah, it's so weird. Anyway. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And our special agents, Daryl, Kevin, George, Matt, Don, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark. Congratulations, Mark, on your wedding. Saw some. Um, look, still looking forward to the pictures. Yes, right, we yes, saw one. Yes. You guys look beautiful. Congrats, Mark. Please subscribe, rate, and review using your favorite podcasting platform. Find us at thrillerpod.com or on Twitter and Instagram at thrillerpodcast. And as always, don't stay in cheap hotels because they lack the proper ballroom. <laughs>